Well, welcome to the Well Church Daily, where we take a few minutes each day to read a psalm, discuss its application to our lives, and pray over it as a way to anchor ourselves in the reality of God and His Word in this season. Uh, today we're going to look at Psalm chapter 13. So I'm just going to jump right in. It is short, but it is sweet. So Psalm 13 reads this way. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your, in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Well, the words of this psalm may not immediately come off the page as encouraging, but they are honest and they are real. One of the great things about God's word, not just in the psalms, but though the psalms exemplify this regularly, is that God's word doesn't shy away from being realistic about what life is like or what life can be like in a broken world. And there's a, there's a bizarre idea that's somewhat popular in cer- certain circles. I'm thinking of like prosperity gospel circles, these prosperity preachers, health wealth preachers, would, would tell people uh, things like, people who belong to God are exempt from the effects of a fallen world. And, and so they say things like, well, God just wants you to be happy. God wants you to be healthy. God wants you to have a lot of money. So if you're not experiencing those things, you're deficient in some way, right? And that's just patently false. We don't see that anywhere in the Bible. And according to that sort of logic, that there's something deficient in you if you're not experiencing this sort of prosperous life the way they define it, according to that logic, there must have been something deficient in Jesus. Jesus himself was homeless, not in the sense of that we think of it today, but he was traveling in ministry and didn't have a big house to come home to each day. He wasn't necessarily wealthy, monetarily speaking. Jesus dealt with real sorrow, real anxiety. I'm thinking about when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane before he goes to the cross and he's sweating blood because of the anxiety of what he's about to face, rejection, trial, and all these things. He dealt with real stress and he dealt with real temptation, yet without sin. And like I alluded, ultimately Jesus suffered rejection, insult, persecution, wrongful conviction, and execution. Yet clearly there is nothing deficient in Jesus. Some of the most faithful Christians I've ever met have also been people who suffered greatly with sorrow or depression or anxiety. Following Jesus does not make you exempt from suffering. But following Jesus doesn't mean that in the suffering, you will experience his faithfulness over and over and over again. And so in this psalm, David is grieving, he's lamenting because of a difficulty in his life. And this difficulty has to do with enemies uh, that are afflicting him and, and, and prevailing over him. And, he, and, and he, he has this sense that God has forgotten him. That's what he's communicating. How long, oh Lord, how, we, how long will you forget me? He feels lonely. He feels forgotten. And really, he feels doomed. In verse 2, he admits to having sorrow in his heart all the day. Like David here was dealing with some strong feelings of sorrow, perhaps even depression, over what was happening to him and around him. He was anxious too. Verse three, he says, light up my eyes, lest the sleep, lest I sleep the sleep of death. He's saying, God, I need you to show up because this might do me in. I mean, he's dealing with real fear and anxiety here. 
And so maybe you're walking through something similar. You feel forgotten by God. You feel lonely. You feel like he's playing this cosmic game of hide and go seek, except he doesn't want to be found. And maybe you have this unshakable sorrow that feeds anxiety and doubt. Does that mean that you're not actually a Christian? Does that mean that God doesn't love you? Does that mean that you're deficient in some way? Well, I don't really know the answer to the first question, but I will say that if you've given your life to Christ, if you confess with your mouth, is what Paul says in Romans, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you stake your life on those truths, like not not you just say those words because you just feel like that's a formula to say to, to get to go to heaven, but like you're convinced of those things. You, that's where your faith is. That you've staked your very life on those truths, then you're saved. If you have placed your faith, even the weakest faith in Christ, you are secure. But if you've never repented of your sin, and you've never turned to Christ in faith, then you do have reason for concern. And I would plead with you, even in this moment, if you're listening to this, I plead with you to give your life to Christ. As a matter of fact, we would love to talk with you uh, what it means to become a follower of Jesus. We'd love for you to reach out. You can, you can email us at hello at twcmustang.com and just say, I want to know more about becoming a Christian. I'm dealing with all of these sorts of things and I've never given my life to Christ. Now, that doesn't mean that if you give your life to Christ, those things will go away. It just means that you have hope and a future that is sure and un- unshakable because you have Christ. But if you've given your life to the Lord and yet you still feel this way, it doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. It probably just means that you're a normal person living in a broken world who is in need of the care, compassion, and presence of Jesus. And it certainly doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. This psalm answers that question. David is feeling this way, and guess where he goes? He goes straight to the Lord. He doesn't sidestep God. He doesn't feel like he has to get this thing sorted out before he can come to God because God might be annoyed with him because once again, here's David struggling and sad. That's not what's happening. He goes straight to the Lord. He tells God how he's feeling, what he's going through. He even says some things to God that many of us might feel uncomfortable saying to God. And I think that's evidence of the love of God for his people. He invites us to come to him even at our worst. But more importantly, look at what verse 5 says. He says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. Now this doesn't highlight David's uh, massive amount of trust in, in difficult times, although that does compel me to think, man, we, we, should, we should remind ourselves of his steadfast love. What this highlights is that God is a God of steadfast love. The truest thing about you is not how you feel, as real as those feelings are. The truest thing about you is that God loves you steadfastly, and his love is not going anywhere. It is fixed because of Christ. And that leads the psalmist to rejoice even in sorrow. By the way, I would say, just a a friendly counsel, if you are down, feeling depressed, anxious, anxious, those types of things, um, you might need to seek help, professional help, counseling, therapy, those types of things. There's nothing uh, bad about that. That's actually a common grace from God for us to enjoy and use. But you also might try singing. This is what the psalmist does. He sings. Literally, I, I encourage you to sing out loud. Not like Beyonce or whatever. Like, sing songs of worship to God. Why? because he has dealt bountifully with us. And songs help us recall and remember his continued love and goodness to us, even in seasons of darkness. And as for that that last question, does this mean that you're deficient? The answer is yes and no. Not in the sense, yes, not in the sense that you aren't important. Yes, not in the sense that your life doesn't matter. You are incredibly valuable, creating the image of God. But yes, in the sense 
that every human being is limited and marred by the fall. What we need is a sufficient Savior, one who can save to the uttermost. We need Jesus. We need Jesus as much today as the first day we believed, and because of his steadfast love, we have him. He is near to the brokenhearted. He feels your pain. He binds up your wounds, and he invites you to come to him even now. Truly, he does deal bountifully with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the psalm. And we, like the psalmist, ask, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? We're going through the season of anxiety and pain, and many people have lost jobs, and many people are dealing with sickness, and there's death all around, and it just feels too heavy, too much for us to bear. It feels like you've hidden your face. So would you consider and answer us, O Lord? Would you light up our eyes? But most of, most of all, Lord, would you help us to trust in your steadfast love? Teach us to rejoice in your salvation. And God, we will sing because you have dealt bountifully with us, most clearly in giving us your son. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray.